thought, I'm going to do something about this. So I got some weights, and I'm telling you what, from 11 years old on, I started working out, started working out. And I mean, I mean, I even got one of these uh, uh, muscle magazines, you know, in the center part of the magazine, there's a big picture, a poster. Remember those magazines? Of a bodybuilder. I got so serious about it that I, I literally cut the face out of that, and I plashed, and I would, my gym was in my basement, okay? And I put, I literally, my sister can tell you about this, and I put this, I cut out a picture of my, uh, from school, it was me, the face part, and I stuck it where the hole was, where the bodybuilder was, and it matched perfectly, okay? And it was about this big, you know what I'm saying? And it was, I put it in front of me where I would work out and I would look at that thing, okay? And people laughed about it, but I was downright serious about it because I, I had a vision. I, had, I wanted to become stronger, so I'm tired of these people messing with me. It's called survival, okay? It's amazing how many people have experienced things like that growing up. How many of you ever experienced something like that growing up? Oh, yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Now I didn't. I was the oldest in my family, so I didn't have any older brothers. You know. Now I had a, I had friends of mine that uh, I had a friend. There was three brothers. <laughs> his name was Stuart. He was younger. He was my age. You know. And this kid would get away with murder because his brothers would take care of him. If something picked on him, he'd tell his brothers. They'd go after him. And I mean, I've saw it happen. I mean, people that messed with him, he could get away with murder practically. You know. His name was Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, his two brothers, I mean, they got these, these, the same, matter of fact, here's the thing, what goes around comes around. And uh, the same family that lived across the street from me that did that to me with the dog and with the basement thing and the gun, you know, they were messing with Stuart. Stuart told his brothers, and his brothers, there was an old pathway that used to cut between neighborhoods, you know, and there's trees and, you know, and people would cut through there. And uh, so they were waiting there. They were going to ambush this, this family, right? And so two of the brothers were walking through there, and I mean, Stuart's brothers got out there and beat the tar out of them. I kind of felt good on the inside, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, but uh, the point I'm trying to make is this. It's like I needed to do something about my weak condition, Okay. So I was determined. I'm saying, I'm going to get some weights. That's the only thing I know to do. And so I started lifting diligently. I didn't miss. I'd, I'd lift three days a week and jog three days a week. I'd split it up, you know. It was like almost like a religion to me. I did it growing up, okay. And it really paid off because it got to the point where people didn't mess, want to mess with me, okay. I remember even the, the, this, the, the high school uh, coach, the school that I went to, his name is Tyreen, I think his name was. He was a big-time football coach, you know. He was begging for me to play on the football team. Well, I wasn't interested in football. I liked ice hockey, so I played ice hockey, okay? <laughs> and uh, like Brother Dan here. And um, anyway, once I started getting in shape, then the thing that used to terrify me and scare me no longer terrified me anymore. Now, this is the same thing true spiritually. When you start building your spiritual muscles and you start getting stronger, the things that normally would terrify you and put fear in you will no longer terrify you because you'll be able to stand up and say, come on, let's do this, okay? 
The Bible talks about fight the good fight of faith, stay in faith. Amen. And uh, so this, this, this word says that body exercise, it profits little, but godliness is profitable for all things. Amen. I wrote down here that this is not the time for us to be weak spiritually. Amen. Let's go real quick again to Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 10. See, the devil and demons play on weakness. Okay? They only come after the weakest link. Do you ever notice that you're tempted in the areas in your life that are weak? Well, those weak areas don't have to stay weak. You can get stronger in certain areas of your life when maybe previously you were weak in those areas. Okay? Are you with me now? Okay, now Proverbs 24.10 says, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is but small. Now the, the message translation says, If you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much of you to, be, in, to begin with in the first place. Okay? Now Josh, go over to uh, Proverbs 18. This is in the Amplified. 18 verse 14. Here's a scripture here that's absolutely marvelous. Could you turn that heat down a little bit? Okay, Proverbs 18, verse 14 says this. Now, check this scripture out. This is the Amplified right here. It says, the strong spirit. Say strong spirit. Strong spirit. The strong. Could it be weak? Yes. Yeah. But it says, the strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up and bear. Say strong spirit. Okay, um, is it God's will that you and I be strong in our spirit? Yes. Of course. Now, notice that when you're strong in your spirit, when bodily pressure comes against you, you've got inner strength to ward that thing off and say, "No, you don't." Amen. Because uh, your spirit is the real you. Okay, and so we're talking about how do you stay strong spiritually now. The first and foremost way that we stay strong spiritually, we talked about this last week, and I'll just kind of touch on this again because we didn't, we didn't really finish it last week. Amen. Do you want to know how to stay fit spiritually? Anybody want to know? Do you want to stay strong spiritually? A strong spirit of a man will sustain him even in bodily weakness. Number one is to put the Word of God first place. In other words, let it have preeminence, the Word of God. Well, don't look so bored when I say that. Okay? The Word of God has to have preeminence, first place. That's the way you can be strong spiritually. Amen? Praise the Lord. The Bible says that there are many voices in the world and they all have significance. There's a lot of voices. Is there not? You've got your television, you've got your internet, you've got your radio, you've got, you know, there's a million and one voices out there. They all have significance, but there's one that's really significant, and that's the voice of God. For the Word of God is the voice of God. Now, we looked at this last week again. Let's go to 1 John uh, chapter 2 with me. Go over there in your Bibles with me. In 1 John chapter 2, uh, verse 12, okay? You say, well, Pastor, you read that scripture last week. I know. But you know what? Every time we see it, we're going to get new light on this. Amen? Are you with me? Mm -hmm. Praise God. 
Verse 12 says, I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven for His name's sake. I write unto you fathers because you have known Him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children because you have known the Father. Verse 14, I write unto you fathers because you have known Him that is from the beginning. Now notice this, I have written unto you young men. Okay? Because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Now that's that part of that phrase that I wanted you to see right there. I write unto you young men because you're strong. Why? Because the word of God abideth in you and as a result you overcome the wicked one. Amen. Doesn't it say in Revelation that says they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony? Well, the Word of God is the Word of His testimony. Amen? Praise the Lord. The greatest testimony you can have is saying what God says. <laughs> Amen? Glory to God. I was a loser, now I'm an overcomer. That's in the Word of God. So, notice that the end result of the Word of God in these young men is said that, and this would apply to women as well. There's no gender here, Okay? You're, 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 I read unto you young men because you've, you know, it says right here, written unto you young men because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you. So they must have some word in them. And you have overcome the wicked one. You have to understand, folks, that without the word, we have no hope. Do you realize that? Without the word of God in our lives, even as believers, there's a lot of believers that don't even esteem the word of God. They, they don't. They treat it like any other book. But the Bible is God speaking to us. It's the Word of God. And it's truth. Jesus said in John 17, 17, Thy Word is truth. Now you hear, a thing, you hear a lot of stuff nowadays. You think, I don't know if that's true or not. More than ever. You, know, you hear some scenario, you hear this, you hear that, and you're like, I don't know what's truth, but I know what's truth is the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Say, the word, is truth. the word is truth. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. The word of God is the truth of God. Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Okay, and we'll pick it up here today. So we're talking about how do you stay strong? Number one, how do you stay strong spiritually? Have the word of God first place in your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. A lot of nights, uh, in fact, last night was no different. A lot of times, almost every single night, in the middle of the night, I don't generally sleep exactly if I go to bed at like 9.30. I don't wake up at 6 o'clock and sleep the whole night. Usually it's back and forth. I'll sleep a little bit, get up, sleep a little bit, get up. You, you know what I'm talking about? So there's a lot of time gaps between 9.30 or 10 o'clock and 6 a.m., I like to go to bed early because I like to get up early and spend time with the Lord. You know what I mean? That's why I don't like to go to bed past midnight because it ruins the next day. I don't want to mess with my schedule. You know what I mean? Hallelujah. And, but, you know, I meditate on the Word of God. I'll think about a scripture, something or the Lord will either bring a scripture to my mind or I'll, I'll think about it myself either way. Sometimes it's prompted by the Holy Spirit. He'll put like a, a thought or a scripture in your mind. And you can literally think on that all night long and meditate on that. Amen? Like David said, I will meditate upon my bed. 
That's the greatest place to, to meditate, sit there instead of worrying. Amen? Someone says, you know, Brother Keith, is, meditation just seems so difficult. It seems so hard. Well, do you know how to worry? Anybody know how to worry? That's meditation. On the wrong thing. It's thinking, imagining, pondering, speaking, rehearsing the problem. That never got us anywhere. But we are to meditate in the Word of God day and night. We'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in this season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Psalm chapter 1. That's you and I. We can do that. Amen? After all, you know, God told Joshua, you know, in the Bible, and by the way, he took over the position of Moses, which is a big pair of shoes to fill. <laughs> right? Can you imagine being in Joshua's position there as, as VP? And now Moses is checking out. His, his mission is done. And the Lord said to Joshua, he said, Moses, your servant is dead. Now come to me and cross over this Jordan. <laughs> Amen. And you'll find out in Joshua chapter 1, you'll find out God kept saying to Joshua, He says, don't fear, don't be concerned, don't worry, don't fear, you know, fear thou not. He said, here's the key to your success, Joshua 1.8. And this has to do with the Word of God. He said, you know, because, you know, wouldn't you want to know the key to success that Moses had when you're going to take over his position? It's like, what is the key to your success? Someone asked Dr. Cho that one day. He was at a pastor's meeting. You know, he had the largest church in the world. Okay? And, uh, you know, close to a million people, something like that. He just recently moved to heaven. Dr. Paul Youngie Cho. And uh, someone asked him, he said, what is the key to your success? You know, he's from South Korea. He says, I pray and I obey. And they're, they're like, tell me more. What's the key to your success as a pastor? He says, I pray and I obey. Amen? Now that sounds like so simple, but yet it's profound. Well, to him it was a revelation. Well, Joshua is feeling inadequate, inferior to a certain degree to take over, you know, the guy that split the Red Sea and, you know, and brought them out of Egypt. I mean, dear Lord. Moses. Moses. <laughs> Amen. And Joshua's going to take over his place as the leader of Israel, right? Well, the Lord told him, and I love it because it's of no private interpretation, but Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Let's go over there, Joshua, by the way. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7, actually. We'll start there. This wasn't in my notes, but we'll just go there anyway. It says, only be thou strong, God says here, he's talking to Joshua, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law or the word which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper wherever, whatsoever thou goest. Verse 8. Here it is right here. Here's the key. Now this is a master key that was given to Joshua, but not only Joshua, but for you and for me. This book of the law. Now that's all they had back then. What we would say, word of God. 
All right? Just to eliminate confusion. We'll say, this word of God shall not depart from out of thy mouth. Now, that, you people can interpret that. Don't say it. <laughs> like, don't let it depart. It's actually, it's basically saying, keep the word of God in your mouth. It shall not depart or quit speaking it. This book of the law shall not depart from out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Next verse. Have not I commanded thee, be strong, good courage, be not afraid. So there it is again. Neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, you'll find this phrase throughout the, uh, the Old Testament, you know, like where the Lord would speak to Joshua and said, As I was with Moses, so I am with you. And that's important for us to realize, as he was with someone else in the Bible, so he is with us. Amen. And so you'll find out in verse 8, is sandwiched between verses 7 and 9. And in both of those verses, he's talking about not be afraid, be courageous, be bold. But the key is, is verse 8, this book of the law, this word of God shall not depart from out of their mouth. Speaking of uh, Paul Youngie Cho, you know, I, I, re I remember him, uh, and I heard this when he was talking. In fact, he came to the Bible school I was going to at the time at Ramah. On one occasion, he was coming through town, and he came and he spoke to the students there, and I was just delighted to hear him first, and, you know, personally to hear him speak. But I remember on another occasion when I heard him talking about a woman in, in his church at the time that uh, had been a part of his church for a good amount of time. And she had uh, come down with a terminal disease. I think it was cancer. And uh, doctors had basically said, you know, you have only so many months to live. Okay? And, uh, and so she was able to have access to uh, Paul Youngicho. Came in for a counseling appointment at the time. This must have been when the church was a little bit smaller. You know, because you've got 500,000 people. It's going to be... <laughs> can you imagine that? And so she came to him, and the essence of what happened was he asked her, because she said, here's what's going on. You know, she was all distraught and just, just beat down because of the information, right? Folks, the doctor's report is not final authority. Amen. Okay? Don't put them on the same place as God. The doctor said this. So what? We respect doctors, but not that much. Okay? We don't, we don't put their word above God's word. Okay? And so, as wise as this Dr. Cho was, he asked her, he said, can you see yourself healed? And she goes, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, inwardly. You know, he had revelation of that. He said, can you see yourself healed? She goes, I don't know. Well, obviously, she didn't. And uh, he said, will you do what I tell you? As your pastor, I care for you. Now, a lot of people would interpret that and say, you know, maybe it's time for us to move on to the next church. Maybe God's leading us to go to another church. Because it took a little work. Took a little work. Took a little effort. Pastor can't do everything for you. Amen. No pastor can do everything. We have our part. 
he said this. He goes, I would like you to go home, and I want you to, he gave her, I think, two or three scriptures. He, he said, I want you to write it out about 500 times. Was it 10,000? Okay. I knew it was a lot. And uh, write out the scripture on paper. Write out scriptures, okay, on healing. 1 Peter 2.24. Who his own self bore sins in the body on the tree, that we being dead unto sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Matthew 8.17. That it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Amen. And Isaiah 53. Peter's talking, referring to that. By his stripes you were healed. And so, uh, and she said, yes, pastor. And, you know, she left. Well, about a month later, she came back, had another appointment. But he said this time, I'm making this story a little bit shorter than it really was. Okay, I don't have time to go into the details. But when she came into the office this time, he said it was like a neon line, a neon light was on her face, all lit up. And he said, well, Sister so-and-so, I forget what her name was. He said, uh, tell me what happened. She goes, she goes, I see on the inside. I see what you're saying. Okay? And long story short, she was divinely healed, didn't have to even go back to the doctors to have treatment. She was divinely healed, supernaturally. Well, what if she would have got mad at the pastor? What if she would have got upset? You know, sometimes people get upset at pastors. No one's ever done that to me, but you know. <laughs> but you know what? We don't, we don't live on easy street where everything's easy. You know, some things you've got to work at a little bit. We can't be lazy spiritually and expect to get heaven's blessings. We've got we to gotta press into the Word of God. We've got to press into prayer sometime. We've got to press into coming to church. Amen. We've got to press into the things of God. Or it's so easy to just let it fall by the wayside. Amen. How many of you know if you did everything your body wanted to do, you'd be an absolute mess? Amen. You would eat the worst stuff possible. You would watch the worst stuff possible. Okay. <laughs> right? You just do what comes easy, right? Well, it doesn't work that way. But this lady that was sick and diseased and desperate. I mean, her life is on the line. She's a younger lady, has kids. She's going to die if she doesn't get a hold of God. All right? So she started to do what Pastor Cho said. She just said, I'm, you're my pastor. You tell me, I'm going to just do it. Praise the Lord. Really, she was obeying God. It wasn't so much the man. Okay? God uses people. But what if she would have got offended at him and said, that's just too hard. I, I, mean, I thought he would just touch me and it would be gone. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's a little effort involved. Okay? And anything that's worth anything, it's going to take a little diligence. It's going to take some effort. Praise the Lord. How I many you know it's easy to give up in prayer sometimes? It's easy to quit. It's one of the hardest things to do. But when you do it and you stay hooked into prayer and you stay spiritually build up. I'm telling you what, when the enemy comes against you, man, you'll have the power to stand up and say, oh, no, you don't. You're not coming to my house in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, what did she do? She began to write out, write out. Her hand got cramped, tired, and everything else, you know. She goes, Pastor, you know, when I started writing those out, it just seemed so boring at first. It was just like mundane. You know, I kept, it's like a, you know, somebody being punished in school. 
Go right on the blackboard so many times. I will not talk in class or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, um, but she's just writing out Scripture, writing out Scripture. She said, it suddenly dawned on me that while I was writing out the Scripture, she, begins, she goes, I began to see that, that I don't have to suffer something that Jesus already suffered. Right? right. You know, do you have to pay for your sins as a believer? No. No. Jesus paid the price for your sins, right? You don't have to do penance. You don't have to do things to get rid of your sins. It's, you receive it. Well, healing is no different. Healing is a grace gift just like salvation. But if you're not taught correctly, if, you, if your mind isn't renewed to it, you're going to think that you're you know, subject to everything that comes along. Listen, I know more than, more than a lot of people, you know, I've had serious things come against me, life-threatening things come against my body. And I won't get into that. But I had, I had to have some word on the inside of me so that when it did try to come against me, I had something in there to pull out. And I thank God for that. Amen? So none of us are in a situation where we're helpless. Nobody. We have divine help at our disposal every single day says uh, in Hebrews it says let us come boldly unto the throne of grace for what that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need amen sister Kat Kerr if you know anything about her you know that it's uh, the Lord has taken her to heaven on several occasions gave her tours of heaven to teach about heaven to wake people up to the fact that it's not this mysterious place out there you know it's a real place you know and she said the Lord personally taught her. And everything the Lord teaches her, she teaches to the body of Christ to eliminate fear. Okay? And, uh, and the Lord told her, you can ask for special grace every single day. And I will give you grace for each day. And so, so she said it like this. She says, I ask for and I receive abundant grace today for what I have to face. And she noticed this. There was areas that she was, you know, weaker in and so forth. When she started asking, that right, Brother Dan? You know about this. He started, she started asking for abundant grace. There was a strength that came to her, a power that came to her, that when she was dealing with the same thing previously, now she had the power to stand up against it and overcome it. I, I didn't forget that. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. If the head of the church shared that with her, that's good for me too. How hard is it to say, I ask for Say, I ask for, and I receive abundant grace today. Amen. See, that didn't take very long. But there's, there's something about that that will cause that abundant grace, the power of God, to start working on the inside of you where normally it would wipe you out. Okay? And so, we're talking about staying strong spiritually. We have to have the Word of God on the inside of us. And meditation is part of that. Amen. Like Joshua 1.8, that's the golden verse, man. This book of the law, this word of God. Don't let it slip out of your mouth. Don't stop speaking it. But meditate. Meditate. Mutter. Chew. That's what that means. Like the cud of a cow. Chew the cud. Amen. And you, you, you talk it. Mutter, speak it. Praise the Lord. Amen. I remember a couple of years back, we went to the beach, you know, for a vacation. 
you know, some people like the beach, some people like the mountains. I like them both. <laughs> Amen. And I remember I was just sitting there just having a good time with the Lord. I was by myself, you know, and, and I saw a, a lady walking by and she had these cards in her hand and she was speaking them. And I, I, I could hear uh, scripture coming out. I'm thinking, I don't even know this person. I'm thinking, she, a couple of days in a row I started doing this, walking down the beach, you know, you know, waves are crashing in. She's walking on the side just speaking the word. And I thought, that's awesome. She's speaking the word. She's meditating on the word of God. Okay? And that's never wasted time. So that whole thing that happened with that lady, true story that happened with in doc, Dr. Cho's church, she was divinely healed because after she kept writing it out, writing it out, writing it out, you know, instead of worrying about it, instead of meditating on the problem, what the doctor said, you know, I'm going to meditate on the solution. I'm going to meditate on the answer. So she began to realize, wait a minute, if Jesus took my sickness and disease... There's no use to of us suffering this. Okay? Now, to some people, that sounds extreme. Right? But that's like some people that say you have to work for your salvation. And then you tell them salvation is a free gift. You don't have to work for it. That might seem extreme to some people. They think, I've got to do some things. Okay? So it's self-justification. Well, there is no such thing. Listen. You can't work to get saved. You can't work to get healed. You can't work to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's a grace gift, but it has to be received. Okay? And, and other than salvation, your, your eternal life, you know, these other areas like, like health and healing and provision and things like that, they have to be meditated out just like anything else. You can get strong in areas that you were previously Weekend. Amen? Okay, where are we here? What time is it here? We've got a few minutes. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1. Now, we're going to read this account here in Matthew's gospel, but it's also in Luke's gospel uh, as well. These two accounts of the temptation of Christ. We'll not read Luke's uh, version of this. We're going to read Matthew here this morning, but I want you to see something here as our example. Jesus Christ is our he is our example. Amen? <laughs> and He teaches us how to function, how to operate here. It says, When Jesus was led of the Spirit up into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, verse 1, And when He had fasted forty days and forty nights, He was afterward hungry. And when the tempter, now notice that Satan's called the tempter, verse 3, When the tempter came to Him, He said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Okay, Now in that part of the world, even to this day, the, the rocks that are over there look like loaves of bread. You've ter- you ever heard of mirages? You know, you, someone's looking for water and they're looking ahead and there's like this, they're like, ah, that's not real, <laughs> it's a mirage. And the devil was playing with Jesus' mind. Can you imagine after 40 days, you're going to be pretty hungry. Most of us would be after eight hours. Okay. And the devil came to him and said, if you're really the son of God, he's trying to mess with his identity. If you're really a Christian, if you're the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now, you know Jesus could have done that. Could have done that, but he's not going to let the devil control him. But he said, he answered and said, notice he spoke to the devil, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word 
that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That just happens to be Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. Okay? So, this was a valid temptation. Okay? Of course, he, he was hungry. Right? But the devil said, if you're really the Son of God, then command these stones to be made bread. You know, well, the devil's not going to, Jesus ain't going to let the devil control him. Right? Contrary, he said a scripture in verse 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Okay. Now, let's talk about this for a minute here in the time left we have. It's the word abiding in you that causes you to overcome the devil. He prepared in advance, days of preparation were already there for the scripture to get down inside Jesus before the temptation ever showed up. That's like, you know, a world champion fighter going to go fight, but, you know, he hasn't lifted, he hasn't worked out, you know, and he's going to go into the ring. It's too late to go start working out now, <laughs> five minutes before the fight. <laughs> Are you with me now? Um, at some point, more than once, Jesus was very familiar with the scriptures, wasn't he? Because back then, that, all they had was the Old Testament. There was no New Testament yet. And so he's quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. He said to the devil, it is written. So, he couldn't say that unless he already knew what was written. Are you with me? So, in other words, Colossians says it like this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. You have to let the word of Christ dwell in you. Just like in 1 John it says, you are strong and the word of God abideth what? In you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. So the word that's in you is what's going to help you to overcome when the devil comes. Now when the devil showed up to Jesus, Jesus didn't scramble and say, ah, you know, I think there's a verse somewhere there in the Old Testament. <laughs> Would have been too late. All right? Now, you know, part of the ministry, you read over this in the Gospel of John, Jesus said part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, there's a bunch of things that He does, but one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is He, he you know, teaches us all things, that's presently, and He brings all things to our remembrance, that's the past, and also He shows us things to come, that's the future. So you've got the past, the present, and the future. Amen? Holy Ghost is involved in all those things. Holy Spirit can show you things in advance about certain things before it even happens. To give you peace so you can walk through the storm. It's going to work out. God's going to work it out. Yes. <laughs> Amen. You can get through any storm when you know the future. You see, it's when we look at the immediate that we, it can throw us into a tailspin, so to speak. We're like, oh, oh. Do you know what we're dealing with right here? You know what I'm saying? That's because we're looking at the immediate. But when you look at beyond that and see what God says about the future, and I don't mean 2,000 years down the road. I'm talking a week from now, a day from now. Well, the Holy Spirit brings all things to our remembrance. And the Holy Spirit brought things to Jesus' remembrance. There's a scripture. And what happened? He pulled it out and he said to the devil out loud. Amen? 
How do you resist the devil? You have to do it out loud. You say, it is written. And then what do you say? You speak a scripture. Amen? Well, look at the next verse here. Verse 5 says, the devil leaveth him. Or no, the devil taketh him. We'll get to that in a minute. The devil taketh him up unto a holy city, setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple. Now that place, I've seen it on film, it's, it's still there. And he saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He will give his angels charge over thee, and in their hands they'll bear thee up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now what is he quoting here? The devil's quoting Psalm 91. But he only picked one verse out there because the next verse after that verse in Psalm 91 says, You shall tread upon the lion and the adder and the young dry lion and dragon you'll trample under feet. And the devil knew to stop there. The devil starts getting religious. He starts, the devil knows Bible. He knows verses. Out of context, of course. He said, just, just, you know, just jump down from here. It's already written. They'll take care of you. You know, you're going to, Lest you dash your foot against a stone. But notice verse 7. Jesus saith unto him, it is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. What is that? Deuteronomy 6, verse 16. All right? You're going to find that all three of these temptations, Jesus is quoting different scriptures in the book of Deuteronomy. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And then finally, verse 8 says, And again, the devil taketh him up to exceeding a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Now Luke's gospel says, For they've been delivered unto me. That happened through Adam. Adam turned it over, his lease, earth lease, over to the devil. He became the small God of this world, G-O-D, small g, in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. He saith unto him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and just worship me. That's what the devil wants to be worshipped. And he saith unto him, get thee head Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Deuteronomy 6.13. Now, look at verse 11. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. Now there's something about this that's so powerful. That Jesus is quoting what? The Bible. He's quoting verse of Scripture, right? Or the Word of God. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a mouth? Yes. Could you quote a Scripture? Yes. Do you think the same thing will happen to the devil if you quote the Scripture? Yes. yes. Jesus didn't say, don't try this at home. This is only for, you know, right? He is teaching us how to function, how to operate against demons Evil spirits, I mean, they must submit to you as a child of God. They, they are not more powerful than you. They are defeated. Amen. Our job is to enforce their defeat. Matter of fact, we're not even told to fight the devil. Mm-hmm. The Bible, the only fight we're supposed to be in is the fight, the good fight of faith. It says, yeah. fight, and Timothy says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Amen. Our fight is to stay in faith, not depart from faith, but to stay in faith. Amen? Stay in faith for your body. Stay in faith for your country. Don't be moved by what you see and what you hear. Stay in faith. Stay in faith. Stay in faith. And when Jesus quoted the scriptures, it says the devil left him. But notice this, the angels showed up. And they came and they ministered unto him. 
So there's a two-edged sword here. When you speak the Word of God, it's an enemy against your enemy, the devil. But secondly, it activates angels to come. For the Bible says that there aren't they sent forth to minister to those that are heirs of salvation in Hebrews chapter 1? Amen? Angels are activated by words. Your angels are activated when you speak Scripture. And they hearken diligently unto the voice of the Word of God. And when you speak what God's Word says, they hearken unto that. And when you say, by His stripes I was healed, the devil leaves, but then the angels show up and they say, okay, we're here to help you. Amen. Do you know, I'll tell you something really encouraging here. Do you know all of you here, if you're a child of God, you have access to heavenly angels to help you get certain things done. The heavenly host. Remember Jesus made the statement. He said, don't you know that I could call down 12 legions of angels? Amen. Well, a Roman legion had 7,000 soldiers, foot soldiers. Jesus said, I can call down 12 legions of angels. That's to do the math. I think it's 148,000. 148,000 angels. He says, I could call down 12 legions of angels to come on and get me off this cross, but I'm not going to do it because I, I'm paying the price. Amen? Remember that? I, re I read that one day and the Lord quickened to my spirit. He says, I didn't call on the angels then so that you could. Okay? Because then we wouldn't have salvation if he, they came down and took him off the cross you know, before he paid the price. Then you and I couldn't get saved. But he did that so you and I could call on the angels. So I, I implore you and admonish you to, you know, you're, you're dealing with different things and we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but to ask the Lord, Father, I send angels forth. I send forth a heavenly host right now to go help me in this situation, to help this family member. Whatever the case is, say, I send angels forth, a heavenly host, to go and to help, to strengthen to pull down strongholds, to bash and to trash those evil spirits, amen, that are screwing with your, your life and your family and so forth. Doesn't not Psalm 91 talk about the, the snare of the fowler? He fouls things up. The snare, trap of the devil tries to screw things up, Amen. Thank you, Lord. There's no trap that's big enough for, not, for God that can't. There's no temptation that's taken you such as common to man. But God, with that temptation, will also make a way of escape that you might be able to endure it. It says about that in the book of Corinthians. Amen? Let's go to one more scripture and we'll close here today. Real quickly, in James chapter 4. So we have to have the Word. If we're going to be strong spiritually, we have to have the Word of God abiding on the inside of us. Amen? Now once you know, if you stop and think about it, if you ever, how many of you ever ate food before? <laughs> A few of us have, haven't we? You know, once you eat that food, it disappears, doesn't it? That, did you notice that you have to chew the food, you have to swallow the food? But once you do that, 
your job's pretty much over. And the food goes down, it, 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 it goes out of sight. You can't see it. You might sit down and eat some chicken dinner or something like that. You know, whatever the case, or salmon or whatever. You eat that whole thing, you know, and you eat the whole thing. Oh, you look at your plate, it's gone. Where is it? It disappeared. It's inside you. Okay? And man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. What, what, the, what bread is to the natural body the Word of God is to our spirit. The Word of God is spiritual food. When you speak the Word and you say what the Word says, that's spiritual food. Today you're getting spiritual food here. And it's going down inside your spirit. And just like natural food disappears, you think, well, where'd it go? Well, it's benefiting you from head to toe. It's amazing how your God made your body to break down everything and, and, and send those nutrients Throughout your body, every cell, trillions of cells that you have, and you're, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, and God made those cells to absorb those nutrients. Isn't that wonderful? Only, you think we're a bang that happened? I mean, a mistake? Are you kidding me? That we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at the, the human eye and the brain and just how it functions. There's no way that's a mistake. There's no way that's by chance. There's a divine creator behind that. God. And so God knows what to do when, the, when you eat food and it goes in your body, you don't have to think about it. Your body knows what to do with it. So it is with the Word of God. You put the Word of God in your spirit. You speak it. It goes in your ears, down inside your spirit. Put it in your eyes. It goes down inside your spirit and it becomes health to all your flesh. The Word is, you know, life to those that find it and health to all their flesh in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. Amen? So the Word of God abiding in you is what will benefit you. That's why sometimes, you know, you come to church or you're reading your Bible, you think, man, I don't feel like I'm really getting much out of this. You know what I'm saying? You're making deposits. It may not have any special feeling attached to it. Amen? Amen. Paul told the pastors, he said, feed, or, or to Peter said, feed the flock of God which is among you, with he hath, with, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Amen? Paul told Timothy, he says, preach the word of God. Preach the word of God. Not experience, but preach the word of God. That's the thing that will sustain us in the, in the, in the day of trouble. Praise God. So we got some word coming inside of us. Amen? Well, that's, you talk about it, building up our military. You know, there's a lot of talk about building. That's a good thing, right? Build up the military. Well, in your spirit, when you build up the Word of God inside you, you're building up those military forces in you spiritually to ward off against demonic forces that would try to come against you. Amen? You know, there's some people that are just so down and discouraged, they can't even push themselves aside to get up and come to church and be a part of a body, an active part of a body because they're so discouraged. Amen? Are you with me? Amen. Then I'll tell you, these are not the days to stay weak. These are the days to stay strong. These are the days to stay hooked and stay plugged and stay under the anointing of the Holy Ghost because that's the only thing that's going to sustain us in these last days. 
Listen, hard times have always been here. They've always been around. But when they come against us, when the forces of hell try to come against us in our families and so forth and so on, and the list goes on, we have to have some word on the inside of us that's going to sustain us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's close with this scripture, James chapter 4, verse 6. Now, you know, James is the half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had the same mother, Mary, but his father was Joseph. But James grew up in the household of Jesus. And he, wrote, he was, uh, you know, uh, Jesus, of course, being the elder brother. But James was able to observe Jesus. Right? And there's, the Bible talks about his own family thought he was crazy. <laughs> Amen. Well, you know, sometimes it seems that way. When you speak the word, you believe God and you trust Him, you might, you might seem crazy to people. But in the long run, well, let's just read on here, okay? I'm going off here. But James chapter 4, verse 6 says, He giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Okay? Submit yourselves therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. All right? Now, notice that verse 7 here, we'll close here. Notice that there's two parts to this. A lot of times we only quote, just resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Well, that's only part of the verse. Amen. The first part of it is, Submit yourselves unto God. Well, how do you do that? You submit yourself to the Word of God. Same thing. God and His Word are one. Say, I submit, I submit myself, myself to the Word of God. To the Word of God. And then it says, I, and then resist the devil, and guess what? He'll flee from you. He'll take off. Remember when Jesus spoke the Scripture, it says after the third temptation, the devil what? Fled, left. He left them. Well, if the devil left Jesus when he quoted the scripture, he'll leave you when you quote the scripture too. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, it's amazing to me how terrified Satan, the adversary, and his demons are of the power of the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus. Amen. They're, they're beyond frightened. Amen. Okay? When I had a a physical manifestation many, many years ago. You know, in fact, in 1989, when I, when I heard this demonic voice talking to me, I won't go into detail, uh, the Lord said, you better do something about that. I heard this voice talking to me. It was a female voice of all things. Okay? <laughs> it wasn't my wife, okay? <laughs> but it was a, you know, I was in, I was in Oklahoma City. And I was in my, my brother-in-law's apartment complex. And I went in, we had traveled all the way down from Pittsburgh to T Tulsa to go see Brother Hagen in 1989 in the Winter Bible Seminar. Her brother lived two hours south in Oklahoma City. So we went down early to visit him. So he had one of these big water beds. You know, you've heard the story before. And I went in there just to, just to relax a little bit. As soon as I got in there, I laid on there. I thought, wow, this is the first time I laid on a water bed. I don't even know if they make them anymore. But uh, anyway... As soon as I laid on the bed, I heard this voice, female voice from behind me said, 
and it was speaking to me. Somebody asked me, what did it say? I said, I don't know. I was too afraid. I was, I was literally, I had never been, felt fear like that in my life ever to that degree. It was the most horrifying situation I'd ever been in. Because, you know, you think you're the only one in this bedroom, you know, and all of a sudden, this voice behind, you know, it starts speaking to me right behind my head. I'm thinking, every hair of my body just stood up on end. I mean, I was just, I was, I was literally frozen with fear. I was, because I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> all right? God is my witness, so you ask the Lord when you get to heaven, this happens. Okay, a lot of people don't believe that, but it actually happened. And uh, and here I'm I'm in the ministry at this time. All right, spirit filled, born again, tongue talking, Bible toting, going to seminars. Okay, this is in 1989, in February of 1989. I was in Oklahoma City, and the spirit of God on the inside of me, as I'm laying there, terrified, frozen with fear, literally frozen with fear. Because, you know, you think you'll know how you react when something like that happens, <laughs> right? And I'm like, my flesh was like, oh, what, what is this, you know? And Spirit of God, I, honest to God, I heard inside my spirit, I heard the, this voice. It was the Holy Spirit said, you better do something about that. What did I do? Nothing. <laughs> At first. I'm laying there and this voice keeps talking. I, like I said, I was so terrified, I don't even know what it said. I wasn't paying attention. Second, and this happened a couple of two times, and then on the third time, the Lord said again, He said, You better do something about this. I knew what to do. Take authority. Okay? Right? And by the way, don't go to no some freaking haunted house this time of year. People think that's cute, you know, and everything, but you don't want to do anything that creates fear. Don't watch Friday the 13th and all this kind of stuff, you know. Amen? No, the only ghost that's invited in my house is the Holy Ghost. Amen? I don't care if it's Casper and everything else. Amen? So anyway, uh, this, this is the shortened version of it, but I... I got up on my, this elbow right here. I, I got enough strength to get up on this elbow. And I said, I gritted my teeth. And I said, in the, and I said, I was going to say the name of Jesus. As soon as I said that, the voice stopped. And I was like, I didn't even get the name out yet. And it instantly stopped. Okay. Now I could hear Lynn and her brother and her, his wife. They were out in the kitchen. You know, the door was closed. And a piece of God just flooded me in, the, in that bedroom. Just flooded me. Okay? And I was like, wow. But you know, it made me realize I didn't even have to get the whole name out of my lips. I said, in the, I remember vividly, I said, in the, and it stopped. Okay? Now, it had to be a word of wisdom or word, a word of knowledge, actually. I knew in my spirit, this was an apartment complex, right? There's apartments above, two stories, right? So my brother-in-law's apartment's on the bottom floor. There's somebody else that lived up there, you know? So I kind of meandered, and I went out into the kitchen, you know, and, and, um, and I, I asked my brother-in-law, John, I said, John, 
do you know anything about these people that, that live up there? You know, he goes, oh, Keith, they're into some really wild, weird stuff, you know. And I, I didn't really make a big ado about that there because I don't know if they would understand if they were Baptist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they know Jesus, but I don't know if they would. That'd probably freak them out, you know. Uh, but I, but I, knew, I knew in my heart, you know, because the demons and devils don't have to open doors. They can walk through walls. They're spirits, right? I don't say any of this to put fear in anybody because what so amazed me was how quick that, that voice stopped. I mean, instantly stopped. And then, man, you talk about a, a spirit of power, just peace of God just flooded me in that bedroom right there, man. I was, it was like, whoa, this is awesome. I literally felt the presence of God come in there, you know. And, uh, but getting back to that scripture, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. But you notice the Lord said, you better do something. That's what he told me. He goes, you better do something about that. So in other words, I'm in the driver's seat here. I've got to do something about this. Amen? Now I thank God that I had some previous teaching <laughs> to know what to do in the name of Jesus. If I hadn't learned that, I couldn't do that. So it was the word that was abiding in me that came up at the right time so that when the devil showed up, I was going to say, no, you don't, in Jesus' name. Amen? I, I've, you know, I've talked to, through the years, I've talked to... Um, missionary friends that have been over in like like Africa for example and I mean you got people in these crusades slithering around demons possessed literal demon possessed we see very little of that here it's all intellectual devils over here there's still de demons and devils okay and they're probably the worst because they're in most of our universities and schools right and that liberal far left agenda, where's that coming from? That's from the pit of hell. Amen. Amen. I was walking into a store the other day that I like, I like to shop in, you know, and, and you, got, you got girls dressing like guys and you got guys dressing like girls. They don't know what, they, don't know what they are. It's all demonic. It's all demonic. But let me tell you something, God, God has raised us up for such a time as this. He could have put you back 200 years ago or 100 years ago, but he put you here now because he knew you would function at the best at this time right now in history. Glory to God. And we have, you have what it takes on the inside of you to overcome every single stinking devil that would try to come against you in Jesus' name. I adjure you. I admonish you every day when you get up, take a few minutes or so and just take authority over demons and devils. Say, Satan, I bind and take authority over you. You will not touch me today. You will not touch my family today. I break your power over us right now in the name of Jesus. That didn't take very long. But you take authority. Don't wait for something to come up. Sometimes that happens. You know, something will come up and then you deal with it. But it's better to hit it off at the pass right at the beginning. You get up and say, no, I'm taking my place in Jesus Christ. My, I'm raised up. I've been seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers and might and dominion in every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. He's put all things under my feet. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh. Demons and devils are under my feet. Praise the Lord. So you have to see yourself do that. Billy Brim taught us this. You know what I mean? She says, don't, don't wait for some 
demonic thing to happen, and then you start taking authority. Do it before. Proact instead of react. That would be a better way to say it. Say this after me. Say, I bind. And I take authority. Over every demon. Every devil. That would try to come against me. Or my family. I break your power. I command you. To desist. In your maneuvers. And operations. Right now. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Now you can put your own words. I just kind of threw it out there, but you can put it in your own words. But you know, you bind, you take authority. And when those demons show up, I mean, when you start using that name, believe me, they ain't going to come around you. They ain't, they're not going to want to come around you because you know the power of the blood. You know, demons and devils know which houses they can't enter. They said, well, we can't go to that house. They know about the power of the blood. They know about the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. What an awesome thing it is to be, able to be a carrier of the power of God in the name of Jesus. See, the reason sometimes tragedy happens to people why you see things happening sometimes is because there's no intercessor. There's nobody standing in the gap. But you can be that intercessor. You can be the person God says, I looked for Ezekiel 22. I think it is. I think it is 22. I sought for a man to stand in the gap to make up the heads, but I found none. God is looking just for one person to stand in and you, child of God, man or woman, you, you can intercede. You can stand in the gap. You don't, it doesn't take a lot of time. You can stand in the gap for your family members and say, devil, you aren't touching my kids anymore. You ain't touching my loved ones anymore. In the name of Jesus, you shut up. You quit speaking to them in Jesus' name. They have to obey. Those devils and demons have to obey. Can you handle this this morning? Praise the Lord. Because, uh, and that's, that's the reason a lot of times, you know, um, things happen that shouldn't happen sometimes with, because the, God's looking for people to stand in the gap and make up the, the difference. Praise the Lord. Oh, I wish I had time, but I don't. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just thank Him for that.